0: Alright, today's scripture reading is from Genesis chapter 16. And we're going to be reading verses 1 through 6. And I'll be reading from the ESV. I'll give you all a second to open that up. Alright. Now Sarah, Abram's wife had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go in sorry, go in to my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went to Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she took, she sorry, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave you my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. So Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her.
1: How are you guys doing? How you feel? You feel good? If you feel good, I want to hear you say, I feel good. Tell your neighbour, say, I feel, good. I feel good. Oh, hallelujah, because I feel good. I feel good right now. You know, uh, this past week was such a rough week for me. Uh, like, I'm, I'm saying I feel good right now because this past week was a rough week. Like, I, I preached this past weekend. I preached not this weekend, but the weekend before. I had the privilege to preach at the Emmaus Breakthrough Retreat. And uh, Emmaus, if you don't know, is the campus ministry of New Philadelphia Church. So we do reach out. We reach out to campus, to college students at Yonsei, as well as Korea University, and then a couple at Seoul National University, and they had their breakthrough retreat. And before that, the week before, I was mad. I was like, I was so sick. I was sick. Like, it was two weeks before. I was really, really sick. I couldn't think straight. I had this, like, migraine. And it lasted the entire week before the week before the retreat. And then the Sunday came. The Sunday come before the before the week before the retreat, if you're following me alright, and I heard the, I felt the Lord was saying, Marcus you need to fast and I was like, I need to fast, like I don't want to fast, you know like I'm sick Lord, I don't want to fast and then I felt like the Lord was he reminded me of Daniel and he was saying, you know, if you fast I'll make, you will become more healthy if you were to have just eaten regular food, I was like, oh no, I don't want to do it and then, but after a while, he just kept tugging on me. So I fasted. And throughout that entire week before the retreat, I was, I was 100% healthy. Even through the retreat, 100% healthy. And God showed up in a, a marvelous way at the retreat. If you guys were praying for me, I just want to thank you for praying for the retreat, praying for those students. So many students got rocked, got filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. They just ex- encountered God in an amazing way. And so I want to thank you for that. But then on Monday, I woke up on Monday and I was, I was mad sick. I was like worse than I was the two weeks before. You know what I'm saying? And like, I was just laying there in bed and like I had a migraine. I couldn't do anything. And that lasted like the entire week. And so, you know, by the time Thursday rolled around, I I talked to Pastor Christian and I look up and I realized I got to preach this week. Oh man, I got to preach. And then, but then. Even I I was feeling sick, even coming here today, like this morning, everyone's asking me, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Because I've just been really, really sick. But during worship, I just felt like something shifted. And, you know, I think I think so many of us, when we come into the house of the Lord, we have we're carrying all this stuff, right? We're carrying this weight from the week before. We're carrying this sickness. We're carrying all these different things that happen to us. And then we try to look at our circumstances and worship God. We look at our circumstances and then we're also trying to sing the song, right? Your graces. But all you're thinking about is what happened during the week. But how many of you guys know in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, it talks about the throne room of God. And it talks about the four living creatures. And they have eyes all around them in heaven. And their eyes are all looking at God. Even the, the 24 elders, their eyes are all fixed on God. And all the angels, their eyes are fixed upon God. And the more and more you look at God, you cannot help but worship. And see, the thing, I know many of you, you may have come in, and even during the worship songs, it was hard to worship. It was hard to break through. It was hard to really press in. You may have felt this weight on you. But what I want to tell you is that when you look at God and you see God, that is what defines your worship. That God defines your worship. And God defines your circumstances. How many of you guys know that God defines what you're going through? The things you're going through does not define God. See, this ain't even the message. I just felt that on me. You know, because so many times I can just feel it, even like in our prayer meetings or even in the worship, we walk in and we don't want to sing. We're just standing there, like, you know, and we look over and we see the person up front that's got their hands to the sky and they're like, oh, they must have had a good week. But no, what's happening is they are looking upon God. And then when you look upon God, you just can't help but shout. You just can't help but worship. Right, right. Amen. And God said, he said, I desire worshipers who will worship me in spirit and in truth. Right. In the spirit and in the truth of who God is. So it's time for us as a church to begin to look upon God and let that define our worship. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's open up our Bibles to Genesis chapter 16, verses one to six. That's not even the word that the Lord asked for us today. Well, it is a word that he had for us, but he's got another word. Hallelujah. All right. And so I'm going to read through it uh, already. Our our sister Diana read through it. She did a marvelous job. Amen. And so uh, you guys ain't going to say amen. Come on. She did a good job. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's support her. You know, it's hard to get up and read the Bible in front of people. It's nerve wracking. All right, so I'm going to read through it. Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 to 6. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The word of the Lord I feel for today is, is where, whether or not you're going to choose the promise or choose a product. Whether or not you're going to choose the promise that God has given you or a product that you can make for yourself. Before I say anything else, I just want to pray for us, and then I'll get I'll go into it. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that your word is living and active. And we thank you, Father, that, Lord, every word you speak to us, Father God, Lord, it is meant to transform us, God. It is meant to change us, Father. And I pray for the word today, Lord. I pray that the word today would be living and active. And each and every person in this room, God, I pray right now for eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mind to conceive, Lord, what you have prepared for this day. God, I pray that every heart would be opened, Lord. Every Every wall, every distraction, every work of the devil, Lord, that has hindered your people, Father. We bind it in the name of Jesus. We come into agreement and we just command the enemy to leave in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we speak your presence. We speak your truth. Father, we speak transformation in this place today. And I just pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. See, you have a choice. You can either have the promise or you can live with a product. See, this is something the Lord has really been hammering at me this entire week, too. Like, while I've been sick, I just felt like God just kept, through different people, different circumstances, God's just been saying to me, Marcus, do you want the promise, or do you want a product? Promise or product? Promise or product? What is it going to be? And after a while, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm really tired of hearing about it. Like, you know, like, like, I'm just getting, like, so convicted, the more and more I hear about this promise or product? Promise or product? And... I felt like that this was definitely a word for today. Um, I know last week, Pastor Christian, when he preached, he said that this would be the week we talk about the supernatural being natural. Um, But one of our, we'll go through the core values, but we'll go through that next week. Uh, (laughs) We'll put it off one more week because I really feel like that this is a word from the Lord. You know, I just was hearing it earlier in the week and I was like, man, that's a good word. Choosing the promise or the product. But I kept hearing it over and over and over and over. And I just feel like that that is a choice that not only the Lord is giving me, but He's giving you today. And so I want to talk about Abram. And we also know him as Abraham, right? So Abram was, Abram was Abraham's name before it was changed. And here in chapter six, and here in chapter 16, Sarai comes before Abram and she presents to him this opportunity, right? But before that, If you can turn, everyone turn to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Just flip really quickly. Before Sarai comes to Abram and brings Hagar, Hagar, the servant, to him, the Lord had initially came to Abram and brought Abram a promise. And so it's in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. I'll read it. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Let's just stop right there. See, this was a promise that the, that the Lord had spoken to Abram. And he said, Abram, I'm going to make you into a great nation. See, when, a, when God was speaking to Abram right there and he was saying, I'm going to make you into a great nation. He was saying, Abram, I'm going to give you many descendants. I'm going to give you many, many descendants in your life. You're going to be a father to many, you know, because a nation's not like five people, right? A nation, even in that time, it's not like millions of people, but it's still understood to be thousands of people. And the Lord had come to Abram and he had brought Abram this great promise that I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a blessing to all nations. And not only that, I'm going to make you a great nation. And many of us, the Lord has come to us and he has spoken to us great promises, haven't he? He said to us many different things, whether it's that he's given you gifts or he's given you a desire or a dream that you've held on to, or it's been people praying over you, right? You've, you've received that prophetic word from someone. It's like, I see you being a worshiper before the nations, or I see you standing before all these great people and doing these marvelous things, or I'm sending you to this country because I'm going to use you in a marvelous way. Even if you haven't had that, I know that the Lord has still spoken various things to you. There's so many promises that the Lord brings before us, even in His Word, right? How many of you guys know that this Word is filled with promises? Amen. This Word is filled with promises that the Lord has given us. That no weapon forged against us shall prosper. That every tongue that rises against us shall fall. That He says, He says blessing will not just chase us down, but it will overtake us. How many of you guys know that goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life? (laughs) That we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That these are words that, that God has spoken to us in his word. And so we've received those kind of words. And we've also received like prophetic words. Where people have prayed over us and spoken these amazing things. These amazing words of God over our lives. You know, and... Each one of us have received it. I can think of so many times where I've been either here or in just prayer times where people are just praying. And all of a sudden they're like, I see, you know, I see you doing blah, 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 whatever, you know. And it's this huge word or this is huge promise. And in the moment I just receive it and I'm like, yes, you know, yes, I, I receive that. I write it down in my journal and I just hold it. I treasure it because the Lord gives us promises. The Lord is he's a promise maker and a promise keeper. Amen. And so for many of us, he's given us these promises, and he gave, he gave Abram a promise in Genesis chapter 12. He said, "I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to make you into a great nation." But then we skip on to, to chapter 16. And what does it say? say it says, "Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. God had spoken this huge word to Abram that he was going to have many descendants that he was going to be made into a great nation. But by the time we get to chapter 16, we see that nothing has happened. Even before that, actually, in chapter 11, at the end of chapter 11, when it mentions Sarai, it says that she was barren. God had came to him and gave them this word, but nothing happened. Nothing changed. And, you know, I'm sure once Abram received that word, like, he went home. He was like, you know, hey, what's up, Sarah? I heard this word from the Lord. I'm going to be made into a great nation. You feel me? Like, we need to exercise some faith. <laughs> ah, come on, we're all adults. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't try to act like you don't know what he, we was talking about. I mean, that's how he knew that she was barren. Because, okay, anyways. Y'all too uptight right now. I mean, come on. But he had, he had seen, they had seen that this promise was not taking place. God had said, I'm going to make you into a great nation, but nothing's happening. Abram's like 80 years old now, and nothing's happening. And this doubt begins to creep in. Nothing has changed. You know, many of us, that's our situations. I just talked about a promise. We receive these promises. We receive these great words, but nothing happens. I've met so many Christians that talk about, they, they say, you know, oh, I believe in that prophecy stuff. I believe in all that stuff. But, you know, I got a word a couple years back. Somebody prayed for me. They said I was going to be like this person. They saw it, said they saw me in front, in front of a whole bunch of kids. But nothing happened. I so, what are you doing now? I'm an English teacher. I so, said, oh. But anyways. Like, you know, like, no, but so many people, so many of us, that's the way we treat the word of the Lord. Even when we read these promises about the blessings of God or about how God is going to protect us, about how His goodness and mercy shall follow us, when we look at our current situations, what do we see? Nothing. Our situations feel barren, don't they? What's that promise that you're holding on to right now but you don't see it manifest at all? I can think of it. There was a couple months back where we had some prophetic people come through our church and they came through our church and And I remember that I got prayer from one of them, and they they prayed for me. And they were like, I just sensed that the Lord's going to bring financial breakthrough. And as soon as I heard that word, I was like, yes, financial breakthrough. Because I was broke. (laughs) Like, when I went to KB and I looked at my account, it said 8,000 won. Like, not dollars, like 8,000 won. Like, I can't even make a withdrawal. And, like, don't feel sorry for me. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, and I get this word about financial breakthrough. But I go and I look at my account and it's like eight thousand one, and I'm like, "Well, Lord, you said financial breakthrough. Where's my financial breakthrough? I don't see it." And then, and then it seemed like even after I got that word, that my situation didn't get much better. It got worse. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, I'm getting like bills from left and right, and like I'm like looking at like my finances. I'm like, I've got eight thousand one. I've got this phone bill. I've got this bill. I've got all these different bills in 8,000 won. I'm like, how is this breakthrough gonna come, you know? I felt really, I felt barren. I felt like that this word that this person has spoken over to me wasn't really true. Cause it had been two, three months and my financial situation hadn't changed. I stayed broke. I wasn't even broke, I got worse off. I was like broker, you know what I mean? Like I was more broke than I was before and And so, I just wanted to discard this word. I was like, "You know what? I guess they were just wanting to say something nice. I mean, you know, and that's how we treat the Word of God. That's how we treat the Word of God, whether it's someone who prays for us or someone who speaks something over us. We treat it as a oh, i don't I didn't see it manifest yet. i I feel barren. I, I guess that word wasn't for me. And that's exactly what Sarah did. You know, Sarah was there all along hearing this word, but she had born no children, nothing, nothing had came along. You know, he had heard this word that God was going to turn him into a great nation, that God was going to give him this mighty purpose, this mighty plan, this mighty promise. But when he looked at the natural, it had been years and nothing had taken place. So what happens? You know, many of us, we're living as Christian life because like we're waiting for that word to manifest. We're waiting for these words that we read in this book to manifest. We feel like that our Christian life is just waiting and waiting and waiting for something that hasn't came. We can empathize with Sarah. We can empathize with Abram, right? Because they have this situation that hasn't come to pass yet. But then, as they didn't see it happen, you know what they assumed? Sarai assumed that it wasn't for them. Sarai said in Genesis chapter, one, chapter 16, verses 1 to 2, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar, or Hagar. Sarah said to Abram, behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. See, first the Lord gives you a promise. And then when you don't see that promise manifest, the next thing we think is what? It's not for me. The Lord hasn't. He's prevented me from having this promise. This is a word that isn't supposed to manifest for me. It must be for someone else. And so what does Sarah do? She brings Hagar in. She brings in the servant. And she presents Abram with a choice. Because, see, he had this promise and she had not seen, we had not seen that promise manifest. This promise was dead. So let's take an alternative route. Here's Hagar. The Lord has prevented me. The Lord, there's something wrong with me. That's why I'm not seeing these dreams pass. That's why I'm not seeing me step into the fullness of what God has for me. Because there must be something wrong with me. So here's Hagar. And what does Abraham do? He sleeps with Hagar and Hagar has has a son. Ishmael. See, God had presented Abram with a promise. It was an opportunity to father the nations. It was an opportunity to be a great nation. But then Sarai presented him with a different opportunity. It was an opportunity to try and work for the promises of God. It was an opportunity to try and make the promises of God manifest for himself. And so many of us, we receive these words and we hear all these great things about God and what God is going to do and what God is wanting to do. But then we go through these seasons of barrenness. We go through these seasons where we don't see the promise manifest. We go through these long periods of time where we're praying and we're sowing in and we're continually praying and we're continually sowing in. We're continually hoping for that breakthrough and we see nothing. And then right there before us is a Hagar. It's an opportunity for us to work for the promise of God. See, see, What happened was after Abram slept with Hagar, Hagar had a son and the son's name was Ishmael. And Ishmael was Abram's son. But if you go on, you just flip over to the next chapter. God comes to Abram again and he says, you know what, Abram, the same promise that God had already gave Abram before, he gives it to him again. And he says, you know what, you know what, Abram? I'm going to tell you one more time. You're going to father the multitude. You're going to, your wife is going to bear a son. You're going, this promise will be fulfilled. And you know what Abram says? Well, his name's Abraham now. You know what he says? He says, Oh God, why don't you just bless Ishmael? Why don't you just bless my works? Why don't you bless what I've already done? See, for many of us, we have been in a barren state where we haven't seen the promise of God manifest. Where we haven't seen these great and marvelous things that we've been hearing about, that we've been praying about, manifest. And so what do we try to do? We create an Ishmael. We work for something and then we ask God to bless it. We, we bring this Ishmael before God and we say, Oh God, why don't you just bless Ishmael? You know the name of Ishmael was God Hears. They had interpreted that God heard their promise. But it was really just that God had, was faithful to the fact that he said he would bless Abraham regardless. But he brought it before him. He said, why don't you just give this everlasting covenant to Ishmael? Why do you have to give me this promise about Sarah? Why do you have to? You don't have to do that. Here's Ishmael right here. Here's the things that I've been working towards right here. Here are my plans. Here are my, my the things I've been working for. Why don't you just bless that? Why don't you put your everlasting covenant on that? But turn to verse, turn to chapter 17. You know what the Lord says? He says, no. He says. He says, no. I'll read. I'll read verse. 18 to 19. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. But God said, No. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. See, I preached at the breakthrough retreat about about how many of us live Christian lives of mediocrity. And we settle. We settle. We settle for the just good enough and not the promise. We settle for the just good enough and not the everlasting covenant. We don't, we don't want. Because we, we experience this great season of barrenness. Where we haven't seen the promise of God truly manifest. And so what do we do? We create an Ishmael. And we say, God, why don't you bless this Ishmael? You know, for Abraham, sleeping with Hagar was easy. It was convenient. She was his servant. But For him to stay in faith with Sarah, it it was harder. It took faith. It took took him believing that the promise of God would manifest at some particular point. But instead, he said, no, I'm going to take the easy route. I'll take the convenient route. I'll take the cheap route. And that's what the kind of faith that we end up with. Convenient, easy, cheap. Because we're unwilling to stay in that place of faith and trust that the promises of God will truly manifest. It's a hard word. But it's a true one. You know, I was talking with a brother earlier this week and what he said to me it, stu- it struck me and I, I couldn't ever shake it this entire week and he said to me he said Marcus I don't even remember what we were talking about but he said to me Marcus it's easy to get an Ishmael you can get an Ishmael anywhere but there's only one Isaac There's only one life that's full of promise. So many of us, we settle for the Ishmael Christian life. It's blessed. We experience God. It is blessed. We experience a blessing there, but there's a part of us that knows that there's more. There's a part of us that knows that there is more to it than what we're experiencing. You know, so many people wonder why, you know, we've got these prayer movements and why we got these prayer meetings that we have every, every, every week. And we talk about it every time we talk about Sunday swim. We talk about Friday fire. We talk about contending for the kingdom. And a lot of people, their attitude towards prayer is that what good is it? What good is it for me to come out every week and pray? What, What good is it for me to find myself in a place of prayer every week? Because when I open up my eyes, and we can pray for Itewan every week, but when I open up my eyes and I look out to Hooker Hill, I don't see any change. I can continue to pray each and every week, but it's not going to change anything. I can pray for my circumstances. I can pray into this word each and every week, but it's not going to change anything. I'd be better off putting my hand to the plow and doing it myself. But God says, God says, I will bless that, but it won't carry my covenant. I will bless that, but that will be an Ishmael. He says, I want you to stay in the place of faith. I want you to be in a place of contending in faith until you see the promise fully manifest. I believe it's time for us to cast out the Ishmael. You know in the story after Ishmael was born and God even said that he would bless Ishmael and after Isaac was born the son of promise there was another there was a choice It was that choice again He could keep Ishmael around but eventually he realized that it was best to cast Ishmael out That it was time for him to no longer live with the product of his own works but to live in the promise so he he got Hagar and he got Ishmael and he sent them out and for many of you I think I feel like you've been you, I feel that you've been living that Ishmael life and every time you come to church on Sundays, it's good but it's not good enough in your in your life those breakthroughs that you've been wanting. You've been you've been taking your steps and it's good, but it's not good enough. Because you're working for something. You're trying to achieve something that can only be received. You know you know what pride is? Pride is trying to achieve something that you can only receive. Pride is when you see that there is a promise, when there is a lack, or there is something in your life that God has spoken to and that God wants to fulfill. But instead of you, instead of you staying in the place of faith to believe that God will step in, you step in. Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they didn't have to step out. God had already given them so much. But Satan had twisted their words to believe that they lacked something. And that they needed to strive to get it. So that they needed to step out and eat the fruit themselves. God had spoken to Abram. He had given him this word. And even though he was going through that time of barrenness, all Abram had, all Abram had to do was stay in faith. But instead he stepped out and he got an Ishmael instead. Adam stepped out and we had to fall. God has given each one of you an Isaac. God has redeemed you. He has chosen you. Not for you to live a life of mediocrity, not for you to settle for an Ishmael any longer, but for you to live in the place of faith. For you to live and experience that life that comes with having an Isaac. I want us to take this time and I want us to just go into prayer. Jesus said in in his word, he said that whoever, whoever tries to save his life will lose it. But whoever tries but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He said, What will it profit a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? And that word that word for for life it, it It encompasses so much. It doesn't just encompass your soul. It doesn't just encompass your life. It encompasses yourself, your heart, your mind, your will, your actions, everything. It it has a holistic meaning to it. And so many of us, we are trying to gain the world by our own efforts. Because we believe that the promises that God has given us, he's prevented us from achieving. He's prevented us from receiving. That the the promise of life and life abundant isn't really for us because we've been in this situation where we've been sick for so long and we haven't seen any change. We've been in this situation where we've been broke for so long. We haven't seen any change. We've been in a situation where we've seen our families or our workplaces. We have seen so many areas of our lives barren when the Lord said he was going to bring fruit. And so we've been trying to gain it for ourselves. And in doing so, you lose yourself. You end up with an Ishmael. What I want us to do right now is I want just, I want each person in this room. I want, to, I want you to begin to bring yourself before the Lord. And whatever Ishmael there may be in your life right now, wherever you are selling yourself short, committing yourself to the product instead of the promise, I want you to begin to bring that before the Lord. I want you to begin to cast that out of your life and say, Lord, I want a life that is defined by your promise. I want a life that is defined by that everlasting covenant. So let's just begin to pray. Let's begin to pray right now, just all across this room. Let's begin to pray and bring ourselves before the Lord. Lord, I just thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray that you will move in this place right now. Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? It says in his word that the righteous cry out and God hears him. And what I I want right now is that if, if there is something that is on you right now, if there is this Ishmael that you feel like you've been holding on to, Now is not the time to pray the little silent prayers. Now is the time to really come before the Lord with a whole heart. Not to be worried about what people around you are thinking. Because I feel that many of you in this place, the Lord is going to set you free. But you got to come before Him with a fullness of heart, holding nothing back. Holding nothing back. So let's pray. Father God, we just cast out every Ishmael, Lord. We cast out every Ishmael, Lord God, in our life, Father God, and we declare, Lord, that Father God, that we want the promise, Father God, that we want the promise, Lord God. Father God, every area, Lord God, where we've ourselves short, Lord God. Every area Father God that we, Lord God, have Father God, sold out, Father God, Lord God, we just cast out right now, Lord God. Sure, Rabayana, Sita, Rabayana, Soto, Rabayana, and Anamos, Sika Rabayana, and Anamos, Soto, Rabayana, and Anamos, Santa 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 Rabayana. Want us to do real quick if you feel like that you that you've been you've been barren that there's been a barrenness upon you I don't, I don't know, care if it's physical or spiritual but you feel like that that right now that the Lord is just you feel like like Sarah felt that the Lord had prevented you from being a person who steps into that promise And you feel like that barrenness is upon you. What I want you to do is I want you to just stand to your feet. If you feel like that you've received these promises. And there's these promises that you're holding on to. But you have not seen it manifest at all. And you've just grown tired and weary. And you feel like you're so close. So close to grabbing an Ishmael so close to going and stepping into that, I just want you to stand to your feet right now. I just want to pray for you. I just want to encourage you right now. Itaewon team, if you can just begin to go, church plant team, go around to the people who are standing, as well as the prayer team. And everyone else, I just want you to begin to just pray right now and begin to declare to the Lord that you want you want to step into the greater things that God has for you. And I want you to begin to pray for this church as well. Because I believe that God has mightier things for this church. I believe that God has mightier things for each and every person in this room. But we have to take hold of it in faith. We have to believe it in faith. So as they begin to pray, I just want each and every person to begin praying. Begin praying right now. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for... Lord, every promise that you have given us, Lord God. And we just declare, Lord, every promise that you have given us, Father, is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And that, Lord, these promises, Father God, even though we may be at times, Lord, where we feel like we are distant from the promise, where we feel like, Father God, that we are so close, Lord, to settling. God, I pray that, Father, that you would, you would light a new fire in us, God. That you would bring, Father God, you would fan into flame, Lord God, that gift of faith, Lord God, in each one of us, Father. Oh, Lord, I pray that, Father God, that each and every person in this room, Lord God, would have an increase of faith today, God. To Lord God, to no longer choose an Ishmael, Lord God, but to choose the Isaac, Lord God. To choose a lifestyle, Father God, filled with the promise, Lord, that has been bought for them in Christ Jesus. And, Lord God, I just speak over each and every person standing, Father God, just deliverance, Lord God, from any fear of abandonment. Deliverance, Father God, from any, any feelings of rejection, Father God. You will never leave them nor forsake them, God. And, Lord, every promise, God, you've given them, Lord, it shall manifest, Lord. You are not a man that you would lie. Oh, but, God, you bring everything, Lord, to fullness in your time, God. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, in this church, God, that you would raise up men and women, God, who don't settle, Father, but who run, who run, Lord God, towards a promise, Father. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.